Welcome to the C3 Church Podcast. Stay tuned for this week's message. Everybody say momentum. I call it the sacred M, the big M. Because uh, once you got it, you need to make sure that you don't do anything to lose it. Getting it back can be difficult. Once you've got momentum, you need to look after it. In my job, I think of a lot of things with uh, momentum, maintaining momentum. And one of them is the spinning plates. I don't know if you've ever seen a guy do that, but when I was a kid, my dad took me to uh, an event. I can't remember if it was the circus or some sideshow thing, and a guy would start spinning a plate on a pole. And he's spinning this plate, and then he'd start another one going, and surprisingly, the other one would keep going. And then he'd get another one going. And I remember, for some reason, I can remember how many he got going. He got 16 plates going. And finally, he's getting this one. But the one that he started with, wobble, wobble, wobble. And he'd run down, and he'd start spinning again. And then another one would go, and he's running around, keeping momentum to keep all the plates spinning. That's what I feel my, my, my life is all about. Amen. You know, because over here, prayer, prayer gets really wobbly quickly in church life, you know. And, uh, and you got to spin and then spin and and giving, and then over here, sending out people, and getting new members, and saving lost people, you know, it's like, there's a lot of plates to keep spinning, and, uh, and as long as you're prepared to keep spinning with me, amen, we'll keep them all going, you know, but once you decide to get momentum, you got to get a plate spinning, and that's, I just want to spend a bit of time about the startup, the initial burst, and if we've lost momentum in some areas of our life, to get it back, do you know, I uh, read, uh, just, uh, just did a little Google on how much fuel it takes to get a rocket ship into outer space. Some of the answers were 100%. I go, so what do you do after you've spent all your fuel? They don't need fuel once you're in outer space. You just float, baby. You need aerosol cans. One little burst and you'll go 100 miles in a weightless place. One of the reasons we'll sing a joyful, crazy, bouncy, driving, rocky kind of a song to start up with is because that's the plane <laughs> taking you off and you're the glider hanging on to the end. So then you get, it, you get like, da, 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 and then it, they slowly get a little slower. You know, the next one's kind of mid-range. How great is it? And the last one is, and I, I'm lost without you. <laughs> You're there. You're gliding. You glide. But you try to sing that at the start. And uh, people just come in. You, know. you need something to get you off the ground. You need a boost to get you moving. So don't think we're not thinking about stuff here. It's all very carefully designed to maneuver you into a place of worship. Amen. I didn't say manipulate. I said maneuver. Amen. Get you to where you want to go. So come with us each time we're there. But if you turn up when we're doing the, you'll feel a bit of it. But, but to get to that high place of gliding, soaring in worship, that's where eagles go. That's where you get an eagle nature in that soaring place of just gliding with the Holy Spirit. And so to get ourselves off earth, 100% fuel. In fact, half of that fuel 
is spent in lifting the fuel because the fuel weighs more than the rocket. The fuel is like tons and tons, 18 tons or something. And they've got to get the rocket, the fuel is getting the fuel up, 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 up until it reaches that weightless place. An A380 plane takes five times as much fuel to take off the runway as it does once it's up there. It's got the jet streams, it's got, it takes a lot less fuel once you're going. But to get going takes an awful lot of effort. And God understands this. So everything he starts, it seems to start with a huge boost, massive bang. The church started on the day of Pentecost with an incredible outpouring of the Holy Spirit in Acts 2 verse 1. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven like a rushing mighty wind and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. It was a dramatic initial birth to get them moving. And that's, you'll find often an encounter that's overwhelming, that is dramatic, that's incredible. And every week here, we would want to try and provide that for your week ahead. I've got no problems with the idea. Oh, you go along to church, get a boost on Sunday to get you through the rest of the week. Absolutely. I go to the gas station to get a full tank for the rest of the week. I'm not going to say you should survive without it. I'll be going nowhere without it. I got to have the fuel injection. That's what church is for. You're not going to find that kind of worship experience in any other conditions other than with a live, together with other people, moving experience where you touch God together. And it puts us all on the same page. If you're on your own page, get off it. Get on our page. Amen. Get in the same book and turn the pages with us. I mean, if we're all singing and I, and you're up the back saying, he loves, he loves. You know, it's kind of like, get it. We, we get in sync and we're on the same page, breathing the same air, marching to the beat of the same drum. That's where your power is. And you'll become a thousand times greater in whatever you do when you're in that condition than trying to achieve it all on your own. So part of, Part of getting this power is that they were all in one accord, in one place, and in that unity, an impetus came into every single person that was to birth the church that's still been going 2,000 years later. That one encounter, boom, shut the church off, and it's never stopped. It's had a few moments where it's had dark ages and things. But I'm telling you, there was enough power in that one boost, that takeoff, that rocket ship to get the church moving. The only trouble was that after a little while, they settled down. Jesus had said, go into all the world from Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the earth. But they stayed in Jerusalem. They hadn't even gone to Judea or Samaria. And then it took the, the killing of Stephen. They st the persecutors start to hate the Christians and stone Stephen to death. And that's when the believers got nervous and they left town. So what doesn't motivate us that's a positive encounter, a negative one will. And how many people wait until a negative thing happens in their health, some kind of really bad thing before they'll fix up their health? Way better to be motivated before the tragedy, before the crisis. I've made a decision I'm going to get motivated by blessing rather than by trial. There's enough trials without 
trying to encourage God to get my attention without giving him my attention when I'm in blessing and in prosperity. I want to show you a picture of how this works. Uh, I'm just needing to get the guys to hook me up, and uh, I'm sure you'll be able to do that, guys. Okay, and uh, here I'm going to show you a picture of how, how things kind of happen in our world. Okay, so here's somebody who's got a really bad, that's a, that's a low-level circumstance, okay? Just identifying a little squiggle on a page. That's a low, something bad has happened. They're, they're down low. So what happens is that that person says, ooh, I better start calling out to God. And so their spiritual life starts to rise. They get better and better. They're praying. They start attending church, paying their tithes. They're, they're doing everything right. They're witnessing. They're sharing Christ. They're just going through the roof. It's incredible. Eventually, what happens is that their circumstances flatline for a little while, but then the lag generally catches up, and they start to get what John Wesley called redemption and lift. Okay, so you start to get elevated. Now, this is what happens. And it happened to every, if you read through the books of Kings and Chronicles in the Old Testament, the cycle goes like this. All the time goes like that. So what happens is that as this, as this begins to rise, people in their blessing and prosperity start to move away from God. They say, oh, life's okay. They buy things. They, they buy some crazy thing that they've got to do on Sundays or whatever, you know, so they can't be in the house of God, or they, they move because there's a better opportunity, or they, you know, they got to get a, a house, and that, the house, and the job, and these other things gain ascendancy, because now, under blessing, they can kind of get access to those areas, and so their spiritual life starts to taper off, okay, and so they, they start to just drift away a little, think everything's going to be okay, and the strange thing is, what happens is that the impact of that spiritual high life that they were managing to, it still has an impact on their circumstances. And right here is where a deception can come in, right there. Because you think, hey, I'm not praying so much, but I'm still getting blessed. You know, I'm still going okay. Yeah, I've still got blessing coming on my life. But eventually, eventually it catches up and it starts to go down as well. And so i got to Get another page here. Okay, okay. So it goes down and down, and the person starts then to think, whoa, baby, here's my spiritual life, and my circumstances are now caught up with it. I better, I better turn around and get things right. And so they start doing this, going up again. But here's the deal. A second deception starts coming. The impact of their declining spiritual life keeps on going. And right here is the second little wrong thought, is you can think, I'm praying like crazy and nothing's happening. I'm praying like crazy and my circumstances aren't turning around. My relationship still stinks. Can't get a house. Job still stinks. Lost my last, you know, set of whatever, money, you know, things. And so, so circumstances stay flat until they start to pick up again. Whoa, oh God. And then, silly us, we don't learn. We start going down this way again, Amen. So that cycle is pretty much the human condition, that as soon as we get comfortable, we forget. 
But I'm telling you, if you can motivate yourself today to say, I'm going to actually make a move to start moving towards what God has called me to do. Thanks, guys. You can switch me off on the screen. And, uh, and then we go into the whole idea of getting ourselves into momentum. Once you've got momentum, life cruises easy. But getting momentum, getting ourselves started takes several things. It takes making a big decision. And right there, many people just can't find the courage or the faith or the wisdom or whatever it takes to go and make the big decision to buy the house, to, to marry the girl. I've met guys who've been going out with a girl for four years. Some of you think, what's wrong with that? Everything's wrong with that, you know? You got it figured out after one year, surely, haven't you? You know, I mean, you like this, you like that. What more is there to do? You know, like you've asked the father, you've asked the mother, you know, yeah, they all like it. Marry her. Get a wriggle on. Amen. I've gotten guys out of the congregation and said, how long have you two known each other? They said, this was a couple, known each other for four years. I said, well, come up here and propose to her. Amen. And he did. I borrowed a ring off the preacher's wife. It wasn't in this church. Amen. I've done that a few times. I know all the girls are looking at me. Please do it for me now. All right. Anybody will do. Yeah, right. Just grab anybody. All right. You got to make a choice. That gets you moving. Take a step. Make a decision. Go to Bible college. Start a connect group. I'm waiting for the big thing. Uh, waiting for what are you waiting for? Now's the time. Tick tock, tick tock, gray hairs. You know, like tick tock. It just whoa. Time passes, got not a lot of forgiveness. And so you don't want to be hanging around forever. Do it now. Have that in your brain. And you gotta do something, you gotta get it moving. Once you're moving, once your plane is off the ground, once your rocket ship's in the air, once you've made your big decision. Once you've had your encounter with God, you start to move. Now, some of us find it very difficult to get out of having gotten stuck in a situation. We were moving, but then we got stuck. Somebody hurt us, wounded us. We went through a divorce. We lost somebody really badly. And, you know, it was, you know, these are bad, tragic, horrible things to happen in our lives. And if I can say it delicately and with, with some kind of sensitivity, you can't stay there. You got, you got to move on. You know, if I can help you, you know, it's just, you might say, well, you don't understand how deeply painful it all was. And, and it is. There's some such terrible things that happen in people's lives. But you can't stay stuck in a moment. You can't stay in your past. There's a new day today. And, and a negative, stay, getting stuck in a negative is, is just going to stop your whole life. Every area will be affected by that one thing. When we were kids, uh, we used to surf at a place called Castle Point, uh, 30 miles out of our town uh, where, where I grew up, uh, called Masterton. We used to take this old uh, 53 uh, Chrysler car, I think it was, and uh, had, it had all been rusted out by uh, 
surf and salt water because we'd driven it through so much surf. We were kind of a little bit crazy. And, uh, and when we're driving on wet nights, rain would be pouring up through the, through the floor. We'd drive all over the North Island looking for the perfect wave. And so anyway, we're, we're driving out to Castle Point and you got to get to the place where we would go. It was called the Gap. And you had to go out to this little, little hole in the wall where the swell would come through and pick up big time because it was such a narrow area. And then you'd surf right or left off this. It was just really nice. And we wanted to get there. Not many people would go there because you had to drive across this pretty soft sand uh, to get there. But we, we, we generally managed to make it just find the hard bits and then get there. But occasionally, we, you, you, you got momentum and you stop and you're stuck. And you think, oh man, you know what? What do we do? So we'd all jump out of the car. Everybody, nobody's allowed to stay in the car because it's just too heavy. And we'd start to push the car with everything you got. To get going again takes a lot of effort. And, uh, and, and, and even the driver, he'd get out of the car and he's pushing on the door, trying to hold on the wheel and push the accelerator. And the trouble is we didn't have knobbly wheels on the thing. We just had tires that spin. And the worst feeling in life is that you're giving 100% maximum effort. Like I heard you pastor 100% to get the rocket ship off the ground. I'm giving it 100%, but nothing's happening. I'm spinning wheels. And that can be like that for the start. You can feel very discouraged because you're giving it everything you got, but nothing much is happening. And we'd find if we rocked it forwards, you go back a little. Forwards, and then you go back a little forwards and you go back a little. You hate losing ground, but you know that that motion is actually going to pop you out of that, that thing. And so if you've gone forward a little bit, then go back, oh, go again, forward, back, oh, forward, oh. come on, forward again, oh. forward, bam. And we're all sweating. The wheels are spinning sand all over our mouths. Oh, there's about eight of us pushing with all our might. Sweating veins out. Then finally, boom, it comes up, and you're cruising across the sand. And everybody starts running along inside the car. Jump in, jump in. And, it goes, yeah, and, and you're looking for the soft sand. You just want to keep momentum now because if you slow down, the slower you get, the easier it is to get stuck. So as long as you got this cruising speed across the... And so that's one of the things that you've got to understand about momentum is that if you've been stuck, it takes a huge amount of effort to get it going again for such a little return. But once you've given the effort and you've got motion, it takes such a little effort. It takes hardly any effort at all, and you're moving. There's things that are happening all around your world that seem to happen of their own accord. Okay, so that's the first step in momentum. Number one, get started. The second one that I want to talk about is join yourself to whatever is on the move. Okay? Uh, did I put that up there? Oh, whatever's on the move. Connect with people who are moving. If you connect with people who are not going somewhere, who are actually making a, a headline for it, you're going to find you end up like them. It says uh, in uh, Proverbs 13, verse 20, He who walks with wise men will be wise, but the companion of fools will be destroyed. You couldn't choose your parents. You couldn't choose your brother and sister, but you can choose your dog. You can choose your friends. You can choose who you associate with. I've always made sure that I'm selecting the finest people I can become 
connected with in any way at all. I prayed many years ago, God, I want to become friends with Dr. Cho. Seemed like a crazy prayer. There's this Korean guy who runs the largest church in the world, huge man of God, awesome guy. And just through a set of little funny, unusual circumstances, I got invited to be on their board, uh, on his board, international board. So I said, oh, yeah, I'll pray while I pack. And, uh, and so every year I get to spend some time with this magnificent, one of the most incredible Christians in the history of the world. And so I make sure I hook up with people who got something going on, people who are moving. And if people kind of fade off and stop, you know, the purpose of God is too precious to me. People say, aren't you my friend? I say, I am. I'll continue to be your friend, but I'm just not going to drink from where you're at because that's stuck. That stopped. You're in 20 years ago. It's a new day. Amen. Church keeps changing. God keeps changing to reach this generation. So I'm going to make sure I'm, I'm hooking up with whatever's on the move. Fan. Okay, number three. Fan whatever is on fire. I remind you to fan into flames the spiritual gift God gave you. Whatever's on fire in your life, fan it. My job in church life is whatever's on fire, fan it. If the youth are on fire, which they generally are, they're excited and on fire. Hard to know which is more, you know, like anointed, but I don't care. It's all good. Amen. They're awesome. So they, you know, it's like you're carrying around a bucket of water and a bucket of petrol. All of us have a bucket of water and a bucket of petrol. Now, some people, for some crazy reason, think it's very Christian when they meet somebody who's come back from Pursuit, the youth conference, and they're going, yeah, oh, we're all crazy for God, undignified, we're just going, woo, it's awesome. And they go like that. Some believers think, oh, water, <laughs> calm down, Sonny, get serious about your Christianity, become boring like the rest of us. You don't use water for that. Petrol. Pour it on. Let him blow up. Amen. <laughs> Boom. What are you doing, Mr. Sourpuss, old killjoy, wet blanket person? Stop it. Amen. Now, when a person comes along and they're angry, like that, not petrol, water. <laughs> Calm down, buddy. You're going to be all right. Amen. Everything's good. Learn how to fan into flame what's on fire in your life. Put petrol on the stuff that's going to go. Okay. And the last one, number four, momentum. Getting momentum, keeping momentum in your life. Number four, flow with your strengths. Now, everything about the Holy Spirit, when he fell on that church, that early church, was flowy stuff. Fire. It keeps on burning. If it's got stuff to burn, it'll keep on burning. Nothing will stop it. Unless you've got some water, you know. What? But I'm just saying, like, left to itself, it'll keep on going. A river will keep on flowing as long as there's water flowing into it. Oil will keep on flowing. It's all flowing. And the thing about the Holy Spirit, he's looking for not just a vessel to dwell in, but a consistent vessel. Somebody who will keep on flowing. This is possibly the biggest thing about momentum is that momentum is actually just keeping on doing the same thing. 
Step after step after step after step after step after step after step without a stop. Once you stop and you're not stepping anymore. So I make things in my life that I want to be permanent fixtures. I make them part of my life. I schedule them and I don't break them. A lot of the time I don't want to do them, but I do them from prayer all the way through. Just the stuff that becomes momentum in your life on the basics. Going to church every week. Boom. Have that momentum in your life and your family life. Don't let it be stolen from you. Momentum is fragile. Don't let anything take it away. Keep the momentum going. It'll translate into your kid's life. Translate into so many other areas. Tithing. Don't let it fall away on you. Blessing people. Giving. All that kind of thing. Let all of that be doing stuff in your world that is going to actually make a big difference. And you know, uh, one of the things I've found, uh, I'm, I do a bit of sailing, is that if you don't set your sails right, you don't steer the boat right, you can get what's called locked in irons. Even though the wind is blowing, if your sail is just kind of hanging there, in fact, there are times when you want it directly up in the wind to bring it down or to put it up, but that's the only time. The rest of the time, you want it to catch the wind. So you've got to point the boat over to the direction that'll catch the wind. But here's the point about that. It doesn't matter which way that wind is blowing. If I know where my destination is, I'm going to arrive there. It can be blowing against me. I just tick-tack up. If the wind's behind me, I set a straight course, put both sails out either side. Boom, I'm there. If it's coming at the side, I just tip over, do a broad reach, hang that sail out a little wider. That's awesome. That's all great fun. It doesn't matter which way the wind is blowing at you and how hard it is or how slight it is. You can take advantage of any condition and still reach your destination if you keep momentum in your life and you set your sails right. So here's the thing. What is setting my sails? It's setting your attitude. You don't go, oh, the wind's against me. Yeah, the wind's against us. Gives you positive steering. Gives you the most exciting ride of your life. Oh, the wind's coming out outside. I never expected that. Woo, it's great. Set your sails on the side. It's going to get us to where we want to go. Somehow, if you keep faith and a positive mindset and a great attitude through whatever wind comes your way, you're going to find yourself reaching your destination. Okay, final point. Final point. Having momentum is awesome, but it's useless if you're on the wrong track. I heard a guy say, I climbed the ladder to success. When I got to the top, I found it was leaning against the wrong building. If you're on the wrong track, there's no way. You might, you might get to where you're going real fast because you've got all this momentum in the world. But you need to know, I'm on the right track. I've chosen the pathway of living for God, of fulfilling my destiny, of the great plan He has for me in this church, in our life. And when you do that, when you say, I'm on the, cr- the track that Jesus has given me, he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. If you're, on, if you're on the track that he's given you and the track that is him himself, you're going to find yourself reaching the highest possible destination for your life. Thanks for listening to the C3 Church podcast. Visit us online at myc3church.net. Join us next time for more great teaching.